Hi and welcome to the podcast where we're going to talk about the purpose of human existence. This is a profound podcast not invented by culture, science or religion, but a wonderful podcast sharing our purpose in four simple steps, four simple keys. So I hope that you can listen along through and find it really helpful for you and you can also share this with your family and friends. If you ever want to contact me, you can send me an email through h-u-g-h-w-o-l-h-a-p at gmail.com. Also, there is a link in the show notes for a written uh, version of the podcast or these four keys at least, where you can refer to those and pass them also on to your family and friends. So let's get straight into it. Welcome to the podcast where we're talking about the last key, the fourth key of the mystery of human life or unlocking the mystery of human existence. This final key is actually on God's dispensing and this is a really marvelous key because many people consider that this whole story or this whole purpose ends with the third key which is Christ's redemption but no it doesn't. Is much more than that. There is actually God's dispensing. And this is what, after we receive Christ as our Savior, and after we receive Christ into us as our life and our everything, then we can be a person who can receive God's dispensing. So what does that really mean? Actually, looking at it, we're unlocking the mystery of the faith in Christ. So for a a person who has received Christ, this is not just that you, now that you receive Christ, you just try and be good and try and live your life in a good way. It's not that. That is that is not that is not the way. Actually, there is this matter of God's dispensing, and we need to continually receive this dispensing. So, what does the term dispensing mean anyway? In God's dispensing. Well, think of the term just simply in, in, in English, the term dispense or a dispenser. So sometimes you go to a waiting room of a, of a doctor's clinic or any type of waiting room where there is a water fountain there or a water dispenser there. So you just go over to it, uh, collect the cup and you press the button and it dispenses water to you. Similarly, they used to call Another illustration of the term dispensing is when they have a chemist or a pharmacy, it used to be called a dispensary because they used to give out uh, certain types of medications. So a dispense means you have a source and you have a supply that's coming out. So if I dispense to you uh, medicine, that means that I have a store storehouse of medicine or at least one uh, item of medicine, and I give it to you. So that is to dispense, to pass on, to give. to give. So God's dispensing, let's look at what this actually means. Now that we've t- covered what the word means, let's look at what the actual, what's going to happen with this matter of dispensing and how God is dispensing. So we need to look at the two becomings of Christ. So the first becoming of Christ is actually that he became a man. And we covered that 
in the third key. And John 1.14 is a verse that's very good. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. The word then, after he tabernacled among us, means that God became a man and dwelt among us. Uh, I could I could unpack the term tabernacle, but maybe we'll do that in some other podcast. So God became a man. That's one becoming. And you can see that in John 1.14. Then the Lord Jesus became the spirit called the life-giving spirit in his resurrection from the dead. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45, it says that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The verse actually says the first man became a living soul. The last man became, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. Now, what is this talking about? Well, in the Bible and in this particular chapter, we'll see and you'll look through, you can see this actually talking about Christ. Adam, they're using Adam. The first Adam is actually the created man. The last Adam is Christ, the resurrected one. And in resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. Why is that important? Because that life-giving spirit, what does it do? It gives life. And this is a little hint into what is the dispensing. And when you receive this spirit, he dispenses God with his life into us who believe. So in 1 John 5.12, it says, He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. This means that when we have the Son, which is Christ, we have the life. If we don't have him, which means if we don't believe, we don't have the life. So this Christ who became the life-giving spirit dispenses God with his life into us. That's how we can have the life. And this is called regeneration. Or you could say, notice in the word regeneration is to regene, to give a new life. Genetics is related to life. So in Christ's first birth, uh, man obtains a physical life. Sorry, in man's first birth, he obtains a physical life. Okay? But when uh, people receive God's life through Christ, we actually experience a second birth. And this, this in the Bible calls it, the Bible calls it regeneration. God has regenerated us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from among the dead. That's 1 Peter 1.3. God has regenerated us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from among the dead. And Jesus said that unless a man is born in you, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's in John 3.3. So to illustrate uh, let's use some illustration or analogy. A pig can't participate in the sheep's uh, realm or the sheep's kingdom, you could say, and live a sheep's life by learning about how to be a sheep, by trying to improve itself, by trying to regulate itself. It just has to possess a life of a sheep. Otherwise, it's not, not a sheep. So people cannot participate in God's kingdom and live the divine life simply by education, improvement, or regulation. We have to receive the life of God. Imagine, give you another example, uh, a dog. 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen in the circus, uh, some circuses, they can get dogs to walk on their hind legs and do special tricks and things like that. And they dress them up as a, as a person or put human clothes on them. As much as that dog tries, as much as you train that dog to act like a human, even if it can do some gestures like a human would, it's still not a human. It doesn't have the, the life, the life of a human. So uh, Jesus was speaking. He said that uh, you can, unless you are born anew, you cannot see the kingdom of God. There's also a verse in, in also talking about that you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not just a place, but it's actually a realm of life. So think about the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom. In order to participate in those kingdoms, you need to possess that life. So likewise, for us to participate in God's kingdom, we need to receive God's life. This is not a metaphorical thing. I've been using some analogies to try and explain it, but actually we literally receive God's life into us. The first key talked about us being a vessel, a container to contain God, and man fell away in key two. Then through Christ's redemption, we are washed and forgiven of our sins and all of those things that were in us that were blocking God from coming into us. Now in this final key, the fourth key, is talking about God coming into us and dispensing himself into us. So that's the process of what happens. So now the meaning of being a Christian is that we are one who receives God's continual dispensing now. God first dispenses into our spirit. Then he spreads from our spirit into our soul. And finally, he fills and saturates our spirit, soul, and body with himself. And that final stage is called glorification. This is the whole goal of the Christian life, is that we would receive God's life, which we do now, as a, as a, when we believe and receive, when we say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins, come into me and be my life. Then, straight away, he comes into us and needs our life. He comes into our spirit, the deepest part of our being. So just like in a key, the first key, we talked about the three parts of man, the body, soul, and spirit. Soul and spirit are two distinct parts in us. The spirit is where we receive God. And now God desires to come into our soul. So in Romans 8.30, he says, those whom he predestinated, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And in verse 29 of chapter 8 of Romans, he says, Because whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. So he foreknew and he predestinated us which predestined our he before he determined our destiny he wants us to be conformed to the image of Christ's son and furthermore he wants to glorify us not in a way of uh, making us look good but in the way that he wants to fill us with his life not only be in our spirit not only be in our soul but eventually to fill our body and saturate our body with his life and that is the purpose 
of human life and it's the meaning of being a Christian. And this is what God's plan for us. So for me, uh, God is still undergoing this process of saturating my soul. There's some parts of my being that are filled with God as love, but there's other parts that are not yet filled with God. And this is God as as the, the one who's come into us. So now our walk with God is to continually receive and allow this life to saturate into our soul. Our soul is so, so complicated. I actually uh, studied a little bit about psychology and the soul is so, so complicated, more complicated than the human physical body. So it's very hard for God to, to completely saturate our soul all in one go because we have, a, we, are, we have our own free will. And we, uh, we have so much personality, we have so many emotions and thoughts. These need to be eventually saturated with God. This is the purpose of human life. And let me link this back to the first key about the hand and the glove. The glove is made in the image of the hand with the purpose of containing the hand. Likewise, we are made in the image of God with the purpose of containing God. But think of it as a gradual process in terms of God coming into our soul. Think about the glove. Imagine if the glove, just like if you put on the latex gloves, they're a little bit difficult to put on. It takes time. They're a bit takes a while for them to stretch so that your hand can fit into it. Well, we are, as in our personality, we have our own thoughts, we have our own considerations. We're quite stubborn. We don't want to just allow God to come completely into our soul. And also, this is quite something quite hard to process for us early on in our Christian life. But if we can see this, this is very helpful that eventually God wants to have an expression of himself on the earth. That's his goal. That's why he created humanity in the first place. He desires to express himself. Just as if you um, put your hand in a glove, when you move your hand, the glove will move. Likewise, what God desires is he wants to um, fill us and into such a way that we, when, when he wants to move, we will move. But he doesn't do it in a, like a ventriloquist, you know, that he just puts his hands inside and then forces us to move and we're just simply dummies or robots. He doesn't do that because God wants us and wants to allow us to have our own free will and our own choice. And so he will just wait until we accept and allow him to come into that aspect of our soul. So just say, um, I'm not so loving towards uh, my family members. I can, I can just try, I can just remain in that state. Or if I want to become loving towards my family members, I can actually open to God this particular aspect of my soul, of my emotion, and allow him to come in and saturate my love with his love. See how those are the, we have an aspect of love, a uh, virtue of love and God's attributes, one of his attributes is love. Our love is very fickle. It doesn't last very long or it's even non-existent towards some people. But God's love is everlasting. 
He wants to come in and fill us with himself as love in our soul. So then his attributes are expressed through our human virtues. Isn't that wonderful? This is God's desire and this is the plan that God has for us. So through Christ, Christ now desires to um, move in, move into our heart, which is our soul, and then express himself through us. So that's my, my, my uh, goal is that God will continually saturate different parts of my soul so that then I can express him. So I think many, many years ago, I wouldn't have desired to record this type of thing and share it with people through the internet. But now I have more, I've been filled more with, with God as love for people that now I have that desire. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It's, I still make mistakes and fail. But this is what God desires, that he eventually will fill us and saturate us. And this is the purpose of the Christian life, not just to wait until we die and just hope for the best, but he desires to have an expression on the earth. And if more and more Christians throughout the whole world do this and exercise to be open to God, to allow him to uh, slowly saturate um, their soul, then there'll be more and more expression of God on the earth. And you imagine with more and more expression of God on the earth, there'll be such a wonderful uh, environment and pleasant atmosphere to be in. But of course, uh, we have our free will. So we can choose to do our own things or we can choose to allow God to come in and fill us and saturate us. So then there comes a problem. Because we have a free will, because we get distracted, God can't really accomplish what he wanted to do. But nevertheless, this is what God wants. And this is what the purpose of human life is. And this is the meaning of our existence, that God desires to express himself through us in Christ for his glory, for his glorification. Glorification means God expressed. Glory means God expressed. So this is what the Lord wants. Isn't that wonderful? So that's the last key. There's a few more things that we can talk about, but just remember, if you haven't received this wonderful life into you, all you need to do is just say, in a, can, in a private place, you could close your eyes and just say, Lord, I want to open to you and I want to receive you as my life. Thank you for sending Christ to the earth to die for my sins, to clear away any blockage so that now as a container for you i can contain you as life thank you lord and that's all you have to say in your own way in your own kind of sense of realization but with that general trend that the general theme that's how you can receive god as your life and now here is a wonderful journey that we can have of receiving this life continually so I hope you enjoyed these four keys and I hope you saw something and what I'll probably do for the continual or upcoming um, podcast is talk about how we can continually receive and the different steps that we need to take and different challenges that we're going to face through our Christian life. Now it's a Christian life just by receiving Christ.
Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope that you learnt something, were enlightened. And if you want to contact me, you can send me an email, h-u-g-h-w-o-l-h-a-p at gmail.com. Also, there's a summary of the four keys in a link in the show notes. So you can refer to that if you want a written form that you can share with family, friends, or read it for yourself. So again, thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.